This evening is Halloween, the 31st of October. And there's many out in the world this very evening. Some of them are fearing that someone may be raised from the dead. Others are hoping that someone might be raised from the dead. And the majority of the rest of them are taking advantage of the opportunity to get free candy. Um, this morning we're going to talk, or this evening, we're going to talk about when the dead shall rise. With Halloween in mind, many people are casting their thoughts upon the dead and their ability to come out of the grave. Um, but is it possible? And if so, what type of ways is there in which a man could come out of his, his grave of death? The first topic that we're going to talk about is understanding the man. Before we can fully understand his being raised or his being resurrected, we have to understand the man. In, beginning in Genesis 2, verse 7, we see that man was formed in two parts, as we've covered in the past. Man was first given his body, and then that body was given the breath of life, and his, he became a living soul. The verse actually says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. Then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You see, man is a combination of both body and soul. Without that combination, if he didn't have his soul, then he would cease to be a man. And so the man, the complete man, is his body and his soul. And Adam and Eve, being in the garden, they actually had the, the privilege of partaking of the tree of life. Genesis 3, verse 22 says that they could eat of the tree of life, and as much as they ate, they would live forever. And so with that privilege, to partake of the tree of life, Adam and Eve could live in their immortal bodies, never knowing the horrors of death. But God also planted a tree, the knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he said, in the day that you partake of that tree, you shall surely die. Genesis 2, verse 17. When they partook of that tree, did Adam and Eve surely die? But the verse says, in that day you shall surely die. We know that Adam lived to be a, an old man. But yet that very same day, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, no longer having access to the tree of life. And therefore, they were sentenced to death. For in that day you shall surely die. Because they were sentenced to death, we find that in death, the soul departs from the body. Rachel, when she was uh, giving birth to Benjamin in Genesis chapter 35, verse 18 actually says that she was dying in her childbirth, and it says her soul was departing from her. And then she died. And so we see that in death, the man ceases to exist. He no longer has life because the soul departs from the body. The body returns to dust, and the soul is sent to Hades. Now, Hades is a place known as the place of departed spirits, the realm of departed spirits. Now, the Greek word actually is pronounced Hades, and old habits always, typically we hear Hades, but it is Hades, and so for the remainder of the sermon, 
I'll try to pronounce it as it actually is uh, supposed to be pronounced. So if I say Hades, then please forgive me. No, it is Hades. But it's the realm of departed spirits. Hades in Hebrew actually means Sheol. You'll find this in your Old Testament, uh, usually in the book of Psalms. Uh, we'll, we will be turning in just a moment. But if you have a King James Version, Psalms 86 verse 13 will not say Sheol. It'll say hell. Uh, this is actually a very poor translation. For hell denotes a place of e uh, eternal damnation, but Sheol has no reference to the eternality of uh, hell or paradise. For Sheol is just simply the Hebrew word for Hades, uh, which is the place of waiting, awaiting that final judgment. But Psalms 86 verse 13, uh, the psalmist writes with actually thanksgiving in his heart. He says, Thou hast delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. And so we see that the soul is the part of man that actually is sentenced to Hades. Hades. Sorry. Now, what other part of the man, what happens to the rest of the man? Well, in his death, his body will go to dust from whence it came, and the soul goes to Hades. And we actually can read about Lazarus and the rich man in Luke chapter 16. In that story, we're very familiar that Lazarus was sentenced to paradise because of the, his life that he lived here on the earth, uh, because he had his bad things on life. He was uh, given good things on earth because he was a servant of God. Yet the rich man, having his abundance of pleasurable things here on earth, was sentenced to torment. And so that's what we see. We see Abraham's bosom, which, in which Lazarus' soul went, uh, where he lived in paradise. And we have a place called Tartarus, or torment, in which the rich man uh, found his soul. And so, this brings us to the next portion of the lesson. Understanding that the man is the complete man, both body and soul, and that in his death, his soul is then sentenced. Uh, to Hades, the passage in Psalms 86 verse 13 showed us that God has a certain deliverance of those souls, meaning he has the ability to bring those souls out of Hades. The term raised, uh, when you understand the risen dead and the act of actually being raised, that being raised is the unity of the body and the soul back to the life which it's previously known. So, let's consider Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8. Beginning in verse 40, it actually says she was a 12-year-old girl who had died. And so Jesus went to the house in which she was lying, and when he walked in, the whole family was mourning and weeping, and Jesus commanded him, he said, stop weeping. For she is not dead, she is asleep. And the scriptures actually say that they laughed because they knew she was dead. But Jesus went in, took the girl by the hand, and he said, Child, arise. In verse 55, the very next verse, says her spirit returned to her, and she arose immediately. Her spirit 
return to her. So we see, once again, that in death, the spirit departs from the body. That's what we're trying to understand, is the spirit departs from the body. But Jesus raised her from the dead, bringing her body and her soul back together again, reuniting them back to her previous life. Let's also consider Lazarus. In John chapter 11, Lazarus actually said he would have been dead for four days. And he was dead so long that his body had begun to decay. Uh, it even said that his body had begun to sink. But Jesus called to Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened to Lazarus? He was raised from his state of death. His body was returned back with its soul. And Lazarus found life. But you see, Lazarus and Jairus' daughter, they were still cursed. They were still sentenced to death because they still didn't have access to the tree of life. And so the life which they had been raised from was but temporary. And so we have to ask the question, if we have examples of Lazarus and Jairus, his daughter, who had been raised from the dead, does this mean that this very evening, being Halloween, that evil gauntlets can be raised from the dead to come and torment uh, people throughout the world? Well, there's two ways to answer the question. The first of which is to go through every example we have in the Bible of someone being raised from the dead. Those examples are posted here in a list on the screen. Uh, we can find that Elijah... Uh, raised the son of the Zarephath widow in 1 Kings chapter 17. Elisha raised the son of a Shunammite woman, 2 Kings chapter 4. Interesting enough, Elisha's bones actually raised up a dead man in 2 Kings chapter, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 13. Uh, the story behind that is Elisha, when he died, they had buried him. His bones were still in his grave, and they tossed the dead man in with him. As soon as the dead man's body hit Elisha's bones, he was raised from the dead. Uh, Jesus raised Lazarus, the widow's son, in Luke 7, Jairus' daughter in Luke 8. And then Matthew 27, verse 52, actually says that on the day that Christ was resurrected, that many of the saints had came out of the tombs that were opened the day of his crucifixion, and they, they were raised from the dead. And then Paul raised uh, Eutychus, who fell out of the window during the sermon that lasted till midnight in Acts 20, and Peter raised uh, Dorcas, the lady who was sick and died. And this is the list that we have of all the examples of someone being raised in the, in the Bible. Now it appears that all of these people in this list are servants of God. The one we really don't know much about is the dead man. We don't even know his name. So can we say for sure that he was a servant of God? Because if we could prove that everybody in the list who's ever raised in the Bible was servants of God, then we know that evil gauntlets couldn't be raised from the dead. But since we can't do that with lists, let's move on to the second way uh, that we might be able to find out our answer. is to study the attributes, one of the attributes of God, which is his justice. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, tells us that God is just. The verse actually says, uh, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. 
But because God is just, we know that he's going to give compassion to the man that deserves compassion. And he's going to inflict punishment to the man who deserves punishment. Maybe Romans chapter 2 can enlighten us even more. Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, he says, Or do you think lightly the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The righteous judgment of God. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immorality and eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth. But rather obey unrighteousness, wrath and indignation. So because of the justice of God. Could we say then that. A man who is raised from the dead, who is a child of God, a servant of God, when he's raised from the dead and he's given his old life back to him, having already seen the pleasures of paradise in Hades, wouldn't he come back to this world rejuvenated, encouraged that the ways in which he was walking on this earth is going to lead to a place in paradise? It should. But at the same time, what if what if the uh, dead man's bones, who we read uh, when he was raised by contacting Elisha's bones, what if he was actually an evil man and he was not a servant of God, but rather a servant of wickedness? Well, what if God raised him up after seeing the, the agony of torment? What if God raised him up so that he could change the way in which he walked on this earth, turn his life around and obey God? Does that match the justice of God? Because if he did, wouldn't he then have to, because Romans 2 verse 11 says God is not one to sow partiality. Or, act, or Romans Acts 10 34, uh, God is no respecter of persons. Wouldn't he then, if he did that for the dead man, wouldn't he have to do it for the rest of the people who were evil? To give them that same opportunity having sin and torment? So what about Judas, who betrayed Jesus? You know, Judas even had remorse in his heart for the things that he had done. And so, if the evil man here, the dead man, actually was evil and raised from the dead, changed his life around and went to paradise, well then Judas should have the same opportunity. So obviously we see that God's not going to raise up someone because he is a God of justice and that he's not raising up all men of evil. After all, if he did, wouldn't torment be empty? Who would ever choose to go back? So we have to confer that an evil gauntlet could never be raised, especially on Halloween or any other time for that matter, for it would um, defy God's perfect justice. The last point of this sermon and our lesson that we're studying is understanding the resurrection. The resurrection is the most important aspect of Christianity. For if Christ hadn't been resurrected from the dead, we would still be in our sins. And so, when we understand the resurrection, resurrection is the reuniting of body and soul, but unlike being raised from the dead, which is only temporary, in the resurrection, it lasts forever. Once the body and the soul come together in the resurrection, 
They can never be separated. Never ever. And so, the only man when we look through the Bible who has ever been resurrected was Jesus Christ. And so all of our answers about the resurrection should actually come from Jesus. So, let's be reminded of the events that happened on the cross. Jesus, the reason he was hanging on that cross was to bear our sin. What if he didn't hang on the cross? If he didn't live on the cross, then when the wicked sinner died, then his soul would be sent to torment, awaiting the judgment day, in which Matthew 10, verse 28, says God would sentence both body and soul to hell. And so his body and his soul would suffer for the things that he did on this earth. Now, thank goodness that Jesus did die on the cross for our sins. For just as the wicked sinner would suffer both body and soul in hell, Christ Jesus, being alive on the cross, 1 Peter 2.24 says he bore our sins in his body on the cross. Being alive, his soul was still in his body, and he bore our sins both in his body and soul on the cross for us. Because he had to bear the brunt of what sin uh, needed to be paid for. And so he suffered for us. And so Jesus, when the suffering was completed, when he had paid the just recompense for all of man's sins on the cross, he had fulfilled every old scripture, every jot and tittle was fulfilled. Christ said, it is finished. And the next verse actually says in Matthew 27, verse 50, that he gave up his spirit. And the soul of Christ departed to the land of Hades. Because that's what death is. It's the separation of body and soul. Now, which place in Hades did Christ what, in what place in Hades was his soul sent? He actually told the thief on the cross in Luke 23, verse 43, he said, Today you shall be with me in paradise. And so even though Jesus suffered both in his body and soul on the cross for our sins, bearing the entire brunt of sin, when he died, his soul was sent to Hades in paradise in Abraham's bosom. Now, While his soul was there, what was the soul of Christ doing? Well, it was waiting for his resurrection, as all of ours will be. Uh, but it was awaiting his resurrection. And so the wounded uh, body in his resurrection was reunited with the Spirit of God. And so we actually see that Jesus, when he appears before the many uh, during his appearance after his resurrection, what does he actually say? In Luke, when he appears to him. Luke chapter 24, verse 39. He says, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. He says, Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So we often think that in the resurrection, that our, our souls will go to heaven and our bodies will perish before the soul was eternal. And that is our thinking uh, in almost 
every aspect that I've ever heard it. Uh, but we have to look to Jesus to find out whether this is true and question uh, the things that we often believe. Does Jesus say that his soul was sent to heaven while his body perished? Well, the answer is no, because his body was raised from the dead. His body was not found in the tomb. Where was his body? Well, his body still had flesh and bone. That's what he uh, said in Luke 24, verse 39. He said, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. For you see, the men who had just seen him, they thought they were seeing a spirit. And why would they think that? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, which was our lesson text, actually tells us the importance of the perishing body to be done away and become imperishable. But verse 44 specifically says, It is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, then there is also a spiritual body. So Jesus, in his spiritual body, because he's been raised in his resurrection, we see that the spiritual body actually does have flesh and bones. Why didn't he say, see my flesh and blood? Why didn't he say that he was made of flesh and blood rather than flesh and bone? Well, the natural body, the source of life for the natural body is the blood. Without the blood, the natural body can't exist. But the spiritual body doesn't need blood to exist. For Jesus Christ himself is the source of life. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so life comes... From Jesus. There is no need for blood. He, that's why he didn't say, here, I'm flesh and blood. He said, I'm flesh and bone because there was not the need for blood. Our blood, we get our color from the blood that's within us. Uh, I'm told I've never seen a dead man when all his blood is taken from him, but they have to put makeup over the corpse because he looks so white. <clears throat> well, Jesus not having white, and they thought they were seeing a spirit it's plausible that they only thought they were seeing a spirit because he was white without the color of blood. That we don't know, but we know that he did have his flesh and that the only way he was going to be able to look and see through Jesus was if he was looking through the nail holes in his hands. And so it's very important for us to realize that the complete man of God was resurrected. His body, which hung on the cross, was reunited with his spirit. And so, Jesus being the source of life is the life for our spiritual bodies as well. Jesus said, I have the keys of death and of Hades in Revelation 1 verse 18. Meaning he has the power to redeem the body out of its cold state of death, no matter what form or fashion it may lie there. Um, Adam's body is long since rotted away. But yet, in the resurrection of the first Adam, God will bring all his members of his body back together because he has the keys of death. But he also has the keys of, keys of Hades too in which he can redeem the soul out of Hades, reunite them one together into their spiritual body in which Jesus is the source of life in which they then take on the changes necessary to adapt to a life eternal in heaven. But Jesus also said that after he redeemed the bodies and the souls from death and of Hades, that once death and Hades are emptied, Revelation 20, verses 18 and 19, that he would cast death and Hades into the lake of fire. 
and it would be burned up. So the important question tonight, it comes from John chapter 5, verse 29. There are two resurrections for you and me. There's the resurrection of life that leads to heaven, and there's the resurrection of judgment that leads to hell. This evening we've studied and understood that the man is the, the complete man is the combination of his body and his soul. If the body is without the soul, then he's a dead man and he ceases to exist. We've also understood that the risen dead are only raised but temporarily. Their body reunites with their soul, but in that death, the soul's going to go back to its place in hot age. And finally, the resurrection. We've learned that the body and the soul reunite together but to never be separated again, but to have life eternal where hopefully Jesus is the source of that life in your resurrection of life to heaven. But if your life is not on course to be resurrected to the life that leads to heaven, then you need to name Jesus as your Savior. For in your current condition, you'll be resurrected unto judgment in which you'll face the penalty for all your sins in hell. Where Matthew 10 verse 28 says you'll be cast both body and soul into hell. To suffer the agony that the rich man suffered. And so if you've also have named Christ as your Savior but you've fallen away. Having once accepted the resurrection of life. But now find yourself on the path that leads to the resurrection of judgment. Now's the time to change. For if you were to die, you would never have the opportunity to change again. Being raised from the dead is not an option in which you can have a second chance to make up or change your decision. So tonight is the night. If you've never named him as your Savior, you want to be found on the resurrection of life. There's all the glories and all the honor of heaven to... Uh, be enjoyed, and you can walk in this life having known that you're walking with the Savior and that your life eternal will be the found and your source will be of Jesus Christ himself who bore our sins on the cross. If you find yourself in need, why don't you come while we stand and while we sing?